Greetings, folks, and welcome to episode 72 of the Far Beyond Metal podcast. I'm your host and guide on this metal journey, Daniel Cordova. In this episode, Billy Gould of Faith No More and Talking Book discusses his first band, and I recommend the Minneapolis hip-hop noise band Kill Us Online. Before all that, I welcome Ernie Cunningham to the program. Ernie is the guitarist of Body Count, the band perhaps known for two things. They're the band that's fronted by rapper and actor Ice-T, and they are the band behind the 1992 rap metal protest anthem Cop Killer. While still perhaps best known for Cop Killer and the controversy surrounding it, they have remained pretty steady since then. In March, they released their seventh album, Carnivore. Ernie came on the show to discuss that album, the difficulties of keeping up with the band while losing members, drinking with Lemmy, the Isley Brothers, branded sandals, and a lot more. Now before we dive into all that, here is some of When I'm Gone, which features Amy Lee from Evan Essence, from Body Count's Carnivore. Don't tell me that you miss me! Don't tell me that you love me! So how is your uh, shelter in, chase, in place treating you these days? Oh, it's, it's pretty good. It, it, it gives time to, to play some guitar. That's kind of cool. You know, I haven't been able to practice like this really since I was a kid. You never get this much time down at one time. So it's, it's kind of cool. cool. I'm going on YouTube and learning stuff. You know, can't complain. What's the last thing you uh, picked up on YouTube? Like, are you going on guitar channels and stuff like that? Exactly, exactly. I'm going on guitar channels and learning, you know, seeing what the kids are doing, learning some arpeggios. It's just things I, I, I kind of know, but just some different ways of playing stuff. It's, it's kind of fun. It's, 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 it takes up some time. Do you have your uh, insane sweet picking down yet? Oh, yeah. I, I did that years and years ago, but, you know, I'm just learning different stuff. There's so much, there's so much information now for people that are learning how to play or even can play it that wasn't available when I started, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, how how did you first get into guitar and like what was what was available when you first started? I mean, I learned from Mel Bay book number one, you know, that's that's where <laughs> that's where I started off from, you know, and it, you know, people know that, but you know, at least that was the thing. Just started playing, listening to records, you know, it wasn't a big variety because you had to go out and buy records, you know what I mean? So you really have to pay, if you really wanted to learn how to play, it costs money, because you would have to go buy a, a, a Van Halen record or a Jimi Hendrix record. And then I, I went, I learned that you can go to the city library and check out books and send um, records. And I, I started doing that. What was the first record that you tried to learn front to back on guitar? Uh, probably, um, let's see. Probably um, an Isley Brothers song called That Lady. Oh, that came out in 19... That, yeah, Who's That Lady? That guitar solo in that song is that, one of my favorites. Yeah, it's, it's like all day long. Oh, man. <laughs> you know? Yeah, but you know what's so funny about that? You know, I I, I met her in the Isley when I was very young, like in my teens. And that song came out in 1973. But before that, they had a record called uh, Isley Brothers Live, which came out in 1970. One or something like that. That's when he was first uh, debuted on the to band. But I, I met Ernie in, very early on in my life, you know, because I 
um, you know, a guy named Malcolm Sissel. It's a long story, but, I, you know, but I, I met Ernie early in my life. And then later on, I mean, like last, last, uh, the first concert I saw in my life was the Ivy Bird at the Forum, you know, the established Forum here in L.A. And, um, you know, we played beginning of last year, we opened for Ozzy Osbourne on New Year's Eve, like last year. And we played the Forum. It was the first place I ever saw a concert in 1975 or something like that. And the guy said, what are you going to do with the sound check? I said, first of all, I want to sit here and play that lady. So I, I played Who's That Lady in an empty form by myself with all those you know, long guitar notes and things like that. That was like a highlight of, of just playing guitar. That's amazing. Uh, did you have the tone down? Because the tone's been something I, I am just in love with in that, that song. We don't need that. Uh, you know, I, 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 when I was very young, you know, I saw what Ernie used on the floor. And uh, it's the first off the strap. He used a strap. And I don't use straps, so it's that single coil thing. And he used, like, a bad finger sustainer. He used a thing called a super fuzz. There's a maestro. Uh, this old maestro phaser that they used to have when phasers first came out. They just had slow, medium, and fast. You know, it's like a phase 90 that Jimmy makes now, that Dunlap makes, but that's what he used, you know? It's almost like a um, a Hendrix-type setup. But when he played the, you know, it was all right, he said, when he played the, the rhythms, he used one amp, like an acoustic 270, and when he played the leads, it switched over to a Marshall. It was like a complex for the time, I believe. You went deep on this song and what he used. That's awesome. <laughs> Well, I was like, I was like, you know, thirteen years old, twelve years old. I was like, so trying to to learn that stuff. You know, I listened to John McLaughlin, but that was way above my my learning level. You know, that, but I, later on I got into that more so. But I listened to John McLaughlin when I was growing up. Al Gimiola, Return to Forever, all of all those guitar players. Of course. All right, so to change gears a bit, because I mean, I feel like I could talk about this particular song all day. Uh, let's talk about Body Count a bit. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yes, oh, those guys. <laughs> some band that you may have heard of. Um, so, how how are you guys feeling about the potential of the European dates going on or not? Because uh, it's looking like more and more things are being postponed right now. And today on Instagram, yeah. you shared something for I think Hellfest was it? Uh, yeah, it's all up in the air right now. How are you feeling? Yeah, you know, it's like it is what it is. It, it, the shows are gonna happen. They're just going to be postponed. People are like, oh, because we have a show here in L.A. And they're like, oh, it's canceled. I'm like, it's not canceled. It's just postponed, you know. You're not going to stop playing, you know. We're going to go back to 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 life, but, you know, just when it's going to happen. Like, some of the Euro- one of the European dates that we weren't going to play on was uh, uh, Download. It just got postponed. So we're thinking that's going to set everything up to be postponed. But, you know, we'll, we'll see. You know, the Europeans are ahead of the curve right now it kind of seems in some places it's 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 iffy everything is iffy right now right and uh should it go as planned which i'm imagining it's not quite uh you're currently scheduled to play grass pop opening for you know we're playing alongside other bands like aerosmith three doors down and demi borgir and like just a ton it's a really really diverse lineup um is this one of the most eclectic shows that you have potentially been a part of or who's somebody that you've done a tour with or a one-off show that would trump this as far as weirdness first, first, first of all on that show i was looking forward to to, to playing that show you know because i thought that was going to be really cool actually to see harrelson play or even play the same stage with him but back in the day we, we played with rem you know on, over in europe we played with cheryl crow and one time we played 
between um, the black crows and Cheryl Crow, and we were in the middle. And I said, you know, it's body counting between two crows, you know. So <laughs> I thought that was kind of, I thought that was kind of cool. But you know, we played a, a lot of diverse type shows, you know. So even Lollapalooza, when we first started, was a, a diverse show. And has being kind of the odd band out been something you enjoy being in Body Count? Because I think even still, Body Count is a, such a unique thing. Um, is that something you guys set out to be when you first started out? No, we just set out. We just set out to to have a band. I, I, well, I, you know, I put on all the ISIS rap records and things like that. We did movies back in the day, Electric Boogaloo, rap, and all that stuff, and. Uh, we just needed somewhere to play. The band, you know, needed somewhere to play. And you know, we, when we first started, there really wasn't anyone for us to play with. You know, we just started the band. And, you know, bands like Guns N' Roses took us out. Like DRI, you know, we played with Metallica. And then later on, we found a, a lane. And it became a lane when bands like, you know, Rage came out and Limp Biscuit and, you know, Corn. And, you know, so now there's a lane for these type of bands. So but we started out, we had no idea of what we were doing, you know, where it was going. We didn't know if it was, the record company didn't know what it was going to do. So they just let us do it. I mean, that's, that's pretty cool. Pretty freeing. Uh, so for, we, we, we want to be, we wanted to be like the Ramones, you know, we just want to do like 50 records, you know, like a record every month, you know, just throw together a punk record. The first record kind of reflects that kind of a punk feel to it. You know what I mean? Now the records, our records are more, I'll use the word. They're more technical. They're more. They're tighter now. The band has gotten a whole lot better. Do know different members? Yeah, that actually kind of leads into my next question. You said something about doing like fifty records, one every month. Uh, there have been quite a few hiatuses in the the career of Body Count. Like, but the last chunk has been like a pretty solid, about six years or so. Has it been a challenge yeah. doing the band completely full time again, in this in this run? No, not not really. You know, uh, the band took. Uh, you know, we had a lot of deaths in the band during the '90s and the 2000s. So we had three members pass. So it, after every member, it's kind of hard to pick up the pieces, and you have to go and say, "Do you want to pick up the pieces?" And it, you know, and, and it took a while. You know, after D Rock passed to 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 do the uh, manslaughter. You know, it took a while, like seven years. But after he passed, I started drinking too much. Everything was just like haywire. So you know. After that, just kind of said, okay. Then the fans kept on saying, "We need to do a record." So, so we picked up the pieces and we do it and did it. And you know, I've been I've been sober for the past ten years. I haven't had a drink of anything, so that contributes to a lot, also staying focused. And have you found it difficult to like continue with the body count name with like so many friends gone from it? Like, is it kind of in their honor at this point, or was there ever conversation yeah. about changing it? No, not at all. Body Count is what it is. I mean, the songs that we played, those three guys are Body Count. So, um, you know, we've had like seven reincarnations of this band. And the, the only ones that worked was the first one and the one I have now that's done these last three records. And that, this, this band works really well. Everyone likes each other. Everyone plays well together. It was like the first band. So every other combination, was just like I was sitting there going, this isn't right, you know, and, and so we, we got to this point where everything is right, all the pieces are there, so it's running well. That's why we're able to, to do, you know, these last two records consistently. And the latest record, uh, Carnivore, uh, why why the title Carnivore? 
Oh, because man is a carnivore. You know, man kills men, man eats men. You know, it's like that. That's what it's all about. It's not. It's not a shot at the vegans, but we we do that every once in a while just to make fun. You know, it, it's it's sort of ironic that you know vegans are you know upset. They were upset at one video we did that you know we talked about the vegans. It's like it's not that serious. If you eat meat, you eat meat. If you don't, you don't. It's, it's not nothing to to, to want. To have hate for you know there's a lot of things you can hate more than people that eat meat i'm sure i mean i'm a vegetarian myself that means more meat for you guys yeah. so enjoy yeah there's, no, there's nothing wrong with it there's nothing wrong with it you know I, I eat burgers with you know meatless burgers and things like that but i i don't just regard like yourself that eat my, my my uh my daughter was a vegan so it's 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 kind of funny that people take that so seriously. You, you do it because it's your personal choice. Yeah. You know? And uh, one of the uh, the merch items that came with the new album or one of the packages included a pair of flip-flops. A couple of questions on yeah. those. Uh, did you have a uh, say yeah. in putting... Me, you know, wait, go ahead, real quick. Yeah, that's a couple of big questions on those. Let me hear them because I, I just got... My first pair of them myself. Go ahead. That was my. That was part of my question. Uh, did you have a say in putting those out? And the follow up was, did you get a pair for free? Well, no, no. I, I, I got it. I, they gave me one pair. You know, they come in handy now. It's like we should have. It's like, like you know, we need to wear those right about now because everyone's staying in the house. So, you know, they just gave one pair. That's the record company stuff. They're like doing marketing and things like that. I thought it was kind of cool. I mean, with uh, kind of record sales being what they are, you kind of got to get creative with the physical content. So I'm, I don't know of any other bands that have that sort of thing. So good on you. Yeah, yeah, yeah I looked at that. I was like, these are really cool, actually. So I just got a pair of them. You know, they're like, if you want some more, we can. If you want, like, we're like, we need fifty pair of them. Okay, they'll be this much a pair. We're like, hold on now. <laughs> 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 That's not like the old days. Record companies that are, are, you know, penny pinching. You know, these they don't. Send you like stuff like they used to in the old days. What's the uh, craziest thing you guys got from a record label? Is like a, a, a congratulations on a new album gift or something? Oh, well, one of our records was delivered. You know, when they used to deliver records to uh, record stores, not records, but CDs, they, it came in a body bag, which was kind of cool. The <laughs> record came to people in a body bag, and my daughter was in like junior high school. And she put her Barbie in there and brought it to school for show and tell day. And they're like, oh, we need to talk to your dad. That <laughs> is amazing. <laughs> it was, was kind of cute. It was like the Barbie and the Barbie and the body bag. You know, it's just body count on the outside. And, and, and the teacher was like, oh, you, you need to talk to your parents about this. And then she wrote a, uh, a book, a book. Uh, a, a, a report about more killers from hell and then, but now she she does a lot of writing now she had she wrote a book and uh it ended up on uh at uh, some black universities and things like that so it's kind of interesting nice how things work out mm-hmm. did you have to do like a a parent come into class sort of thing and explain yourself yeah, I, 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 I actually i sat in the class and you know it, it, you know it, it was like Okay, uh, now we understand, you know. <laughs> uh, how did Amy Lee come to be involved in the song When I'm Gone? You know, that's very interesting because we did the song. The song was done, and then I said we, we, we were looking for a female vocalist. And our tech 
knew her, one of our techs, like, and got in contact with her, and she was, like, happy to do it. We were going to play that song on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. But I saw that. Canceled. Yeah, and I was, like, very saddened about that, you know, because we were practicing. Even Will Putney was going to play guitar with us, our record producer. He was going to be on the show playing guitar because there's so many guitar parts in that. So he was going to be there and it got canceled. But I like everything else right now. I think it's still postponed. Right. And uh, you said somebody knew her. Were you? Are you an Evanescence fan yourself? What's that? Are you an Evanescence fan yourself? Yes, I, I was. I knew Ben Moody quite well. He was born. He he grew up in a small city in. Um, Oh, not excuse me, in Arkansas, Pine Bluff, where she's from, it's a very small city. And I was just like, my father was born there. And I, I, I met Ben back in the day. And I saw the band play, you know, 2000, 2001, somewhere around in there. And I was just like, how many people, because he wanted to take me back there. Like, you got to be related to somebody I know. I'm like, oh, yeah. small, small town outside of uh, uh, Little Rock. I had no idea the connection went back that far. That's awesome. Was some of the live version of Black Hoodie, which you can find on the Carnivore Deluxe Edition. I'll have more with Ernie Cunningham again shortly, but first, this is my first band. Every musician has to start somewhere, and in this episode, Billy Gould of Faith No More discusses his heavy origins. Oh boy, first band was called The Animated, and it was uh, my old Faith No More singer Chuck Mosley was in it. He was uh, the keyboard player, he didn't sing, and uh, as it started with a couple guys I met when I was a Boy Scout, <laughs> when I was 12. Uh, that was my first band, and we started off playing just like, we. I was learning how to play bass in that band, so we would go into his, my friend's living room and we would you know, do covers of like Beatles and stuff like that, but it got to where we started writing our own music, and um, I would say it was a cross between the Buzzcocks, uh, Michael Jackson, and the band Squeeze if that makes any sense at all. It didn't make it doesn't make any sense when you think about it, but at the time when I was 17, 18, it made perfect sense to me. And, and what made Chuck stop playing keyboard in that? Because I don't hear many first bands where there's keyboard involved at all. Uh, you know, he was a really great keyboard player, actually, and a great songwriter, and his tastes were very different than I think that people would realize. Like He was very eclectic. Uh, he taught me a lot about music. He got me into cool stuff. That was very underground. And um, he, you know, he decided he wanted to play guitar probably around the time I moved up to San Francisco and started Faith No More. And um, I stayed in touch with him just as a friend. And, and we went through a few different singers. And uh, we had a gig with no singer. And we just asked him if he just wanted to come up and make some noise and start screaming. And I don't think he'd ever considered himself a singer before. And he did it. And we liked him. And it was fun. So we just decided to keep doing it. And it kind of stuck. Damn. 
But I don't think he even thought of himself as a singer ever until later. I mean, he, he fronted you guys for a while and then, you know, came back again for those, like, one-off We Care exactly. A Lot shows. Yeah. Yep, yep. Gould's Talking Book Project is releasing Talking Book 2 on April 24th. You can get more info and order the album over at coolarrow.com. And by the way, that is cool with a K. Then, with everything getting postponed and or canceled, it's kind of hard to say what's going to happen with the Faith No More Tour this year. But you can keep up with them over at fnm.com. And now before I wrap my chat with Ernie from Body Count, here are some of the track that started it all and ruffled all the feathers. This is Cop Killer. Cop Killer! What do you want to be when you throw up? Tonight we get even. Uh, have you guys heard for anything from the Slayer guys about your cover of Raining Blood? Oh yeah, they liked it. Uh, we, we know Tommy. We know Tommy quite well. You know, we, we, we like it quite well. And Navarro has come out and played with us. Oh, cool. Uh, Lombardo. I think it was Lombardo. Uh, I got Lombardo you. Lombardo has played with us. Yeah, he's he played with us. He played, uh, you know, our cover. He, he, he switched out the drums. He played half of it, and Will played the other half. He played uh, Post Mortem. Oh. So we've known, you know, we've known, we've known them for, since the 90s, you know. And on Carnivore, there is a, a cover of Ace of Spades that includes sort of a preamble by Ice where he's talking about taking on a metal, like, uh, icon song and that sort of thing. Uh, how do you guys decide on Ace of Spades for this album? Well, you know, when we, when we play, first of all, we've known Lenny from way back. He was my drinking buddy at the, at the Rainbow. You know, we used to drink 11 in the morning. You know, that's a real rock. That sounds we rough. Don't, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't drink in the evening. We drink for, for lunch. So he would be there drinking. I'd come there. And you know, by the time people get there at 8 o'clock, we're gone. <laughs> we did. The day is over. But uh, yeah, he's been our friend. I did um, metalhead with him back in the nineties. So, and we would open our show with a Slayer song. So, you know, we were, we were going to play some shows in Europe with Slayer. So we're like, we can't open with Raining Blood. So we did this show. We said, let's do a song. We were, we were trying to pick another opening song. We said, let's do. Um, Ace of Spades. And the catch was, we rehearsed the song, and we never played it live together as a band. And we got on stage, you know, and sometimes you need a thrill you know, when you're playing some rock and roll. We went on stage, and we played the song for the first time in front of like 60,000, people. And it went so well. We're like, we can, we can play the song. The audience knew the song. The audience 
felt this. They knew every lyric. And we played it just like the record. So they just kind of walked us through the song. Cool. And uh, you said you haven't had a drink in about 10 years. Did, was Lemmy heartbroken yeah. when you went sober? Yeah. You know, he, he was always a, uh, whatever you want to do. I mean, you know, it's okay. <laughs> you know, he was always that kind of guy. You know, people, people in the rock and roll, I have a lot of friends that I used to get, you know, drunk with and everything like that because supportive, you know? It's like... Um, People will support you. If they love you, they support you no matter what you do. If they're fake, they'll be like, oh, you got to have another drink. You can't stop. Yeah, that's not. You don't want to hang with that dude. You want to hang with the dude that says, hey, Ernie, you're my guy. Yeah, if you quit drinking, good for you. More for me. Like being a vegan. More for me. You know, good for you, more for me. <laughs> Um, so in 2018, Body Count was nominated for a Grammy. Um, did you guys like think you had a shot for it? I mean, it was it was a stacked year actually. I looked back at it. Yeah, yeah, it was it was it was a, it was a good year. But you know, we we thought we were going to win. We don't. We can't beat by skinny white boys on heroin. <laughs> That's what they are. That's what we we just said it just as a joke. But you know, it was like uh, looking back on it. It was, we thought we had a chance because we thought because of Ice's Law and Order. You know, he's on Law and Order so long that we thought we had a, a, a chance like that. But just being nominated after, you know, 27 years of doing this was just like, okay, we've been accepted, we've been recognized. That, that was good, you know? That was good. And uh, I also read that either late last year or earlier this year, you did the music for an animated short. Could you tell me a bit about that short and, like, how you got involved? Oh, no, I, I, I wrote uh, music for this short. It's, it's, it's kind of interesting because it has a, a a guitar theme. The guitar does all the... Um, the sound effects for all the characters. Like the, the character's doing a fireball. The guitar is playing to make it the fireball sound. It's kind of interesting the way we spliced it all up. But I got involved with that uh, years and years ago. I was at a, It started off being something that Stan Lee was doing, and then it kind of morphed into something else. But now it just turned into a short. And we're, we're still shopping it around. I, you know, I've learned so much about animation and how patient you have to be to do animation because, you know, it's like when you do a movie, you just go into a room and there's furniture in it already. When you do animation, you got to put the furniture in there. That takes, <laughs> that takes a whole lot of time. I've been working on this for like six, seven years. Damn. And it's just now done, you know, but that's, that's because, you know, uh, it, it needed some kind of these supercomputers that they use for animation that I had no idea that I'm like, cannot live in the world. And, you know, it, it, it takes time and patience. And one thing I was able to find is what is it called? A Compile Heroes. Oh, maybe. Okay. Maybe I did actually see that. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a, it's a, but, you know, everything's up in the air because our, a lot of our uh, investors are in China and they, uh, China Mobile was part of the, the deal. They're going to put it on their phone. But everything is like kind of, the world is in the same predicament. So it's not just me. You know, I'm, I can't complain because it's not, the world is in it with me. Yeah, totally. Alrighty, uh, thank you for talking to me today. I, I think the new album is a lot of fun and it's really cool. And I look forward to if you guys can get back on the road and seeing you live because that'd be cool. Oh, we'll, we'll get back. You know, it's just, 
Patience. Patience is the key. Of thank course. you so much for your time. All right, thank you. And don't forget to joke Carnivore by Body Count is out now via Century Media Records. You can get a copy over at Century Media and keep up with the band at facebook.com slash bodycountofficial. Now to close this episode, I am recommending the Minneapolis hip-hop noise band Kill Us Online. Kill Us Online are a fairly new band that pride themselves on being a multiracial, multigender noise rock hip-hop group. This summer they released their debut EP. From that EP, here is Any Means in its entirety. Already it get heavy, baby weight niggas not prepping New metal from the dark weapon, fight demons, kill grapplers Old head stick, I'm offended, mad life with a happy ending Works like, but it have to catch it and feel right, that's why it's tempting Sign up, block out like it's summer, blue in the face behind it Speak up, stop that mumbling, psych out, I've been tripping Pick up where we left it, what I said I meant it Down is where my head been find any means now on spotify there you can follow kill us online that is all one word and keep up with the band at kill us online on instagram that will do it for this episode you can follow the show over at farbeyondmetalpodcast.com there if you're in a band you can fill out our thing just like kill us online did and talk to me there uh facebook.com slash farbeyondmetal twitter underscore farbeyondmetal instagram farbeyondmetalpod then the theme song is far beyond metal by the band strapping young lad from their album the new black courtesy of Century Media Records and Devin Townsend himself. Thank you for listening. A Catbox Production.